surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. All right, and we are back. Uh, lovely co-host again, Justin. How are you feeling? We've done two of these now and are starting our third. Third one? Or is this four? Four. Three. I don't know. I've lost track. <laughs> it's all right. We're good. We're going strong. Yes. I'm feeling good. Um, How are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling really good, too. I'm really excited about this section in particular because I've already had some really great great conversations um, and this can be a little bit more intimate. So right now we're being joined by Alexa and Deandra and welcome to the show, ladies. Um, super happy to have both of y'all here. Um, I definitely like... Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. Watching both of you on Peter's season, I was like, these girls are literally a gift <laughs> and like need more airtime and are both <gasps> badasses. Thanks, Tay. Thank you. <laughs> you know, we try to rock out, you know. Yeah. Well, I was like, I like feel like I need to know more about both of you. And Alexa, you and I have had some really great conversations around just this whole topic in general about being biracial and um, sexuality and relationships and life and all kinds of things. I feel like we're weirdly the same person, kind of. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I get the same vibe. I get the same vibe from you, it's, too. Like, it's like I get that same energy. You know I was going to say, it's funny because you'll post things and I'm like, I would have posted that. I, I would have done this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Same, same to you. Um, Undeniable similarities. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, kind of how we've started off uh, with, you know, how we've been setting this up. Um, I already kind of said y'all are from Peter's season, but would love to, to have you both kind of start off just like what season you're on, what like your family background is and like kind of how you identify, if at all. Okay. Do you want to go first or you want me to? Sure. No, yeah, I'll okay. go first. Um, so we are from Peter's season, which is season 24. And I, my family background, I am Nigerian. My mom's white. Mm -hmm. And so I identify as, you know, biracial or mixed. Mm -hmm. Um, even though like mixed is like a, a term that some people don't like to be called mm -hmm. even, you know, but I don't personally take it to offense to that. Yeah. But yeah, um, I definitely identify as biracial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nigerian American. Um, and what'd you say? I said Nigerian American. Yeah. Isn't your dad, are you first generation? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Where's your, where's your, I mean, sorry. Cool. Where's your dad from in Nigeria? Abuja. Abuja? I just went to Lagos and oh, my, oh really? it, it was, I went to Lagos last, uh, last fall in November. Yeah. And there are so many people, so many people. Oh, it's packed. Oh my God. No, like 20, so over 20, 20 million people. And we talk about race and people looking at us different with our color and colorism. The right. same thing. It's when great. I went over there, kids were just staring at me. People were looking at yeah. me like, who is he? Yeah. Where is he from? You know? So it's a... Uh, They'll yeah. think you're like a celebrity or like someone super important just because like the, the, the tone of your skin it's, and because you're clearly not it's you crazy, know, there yeah. in Lagos. 
that's crazy. I didn't mean to interrupt, it's like your proximity to whiteness. Yeah, it's totally exactly exactly what it is. Y'all, we gonna get wow. so deep in this conversation already. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but God, I just I think like it's that. cool that we're all so different. Like we all come from like different places. Like being African or being like Black American, mm-hmm. like it's just so wildly different. And it's like we're all like somehow interracial with some kind of form of Black. I just think that it's sure. it's cool. It's cool to listen to how people talk. For sure, you would like never right. know like these cool things that they tie in. It's funny you say that before you know Alexa goes in. There's like no stereotype, I think, with with mixed people because it's so diverse and so like complex, mm-hmm. and everyone's so yeah. different. Yeah, like <laughs> stereotypes Alexa. with white, black, Latino, you know. But what'd you say? That's why. Alexa's like, bruh, bruh. Drake, Drake gave us the sentence oh. stereotype, and you can never. Ever, ever, ever tell me different. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, you might be right well, on that I've been one. called sensitive growing up so many times just because of my proximity to whiteness. See, I yeah, almost I feel like, though... You've been light-skinned and everyone says, okay. Yeah, but I, I think Come it's on, like his perspective. That. See, I feel like there yeah, is a yeah, yeah. bit of a stereotype around mixed people, though, that like were fetishized and objectified as like when people talk about mixed race, it's like, oh, my God, like, I just love your skin tone or like, oh, my God, like, I just want to have your baby. So I feel like there is this like right. stereotype that mixed people are like the perfect combination of black and white in a way that white people feel comfortable because they feel less um, racist because they can pick the pieces of blackness that they like within someone who is a combination. Does that make sense? That is so true. Yes. No, that makes a lot of sense. Or just somebody like, uh, you know, I feel like in my past experience, maybe friends that I've had in the past felt more comfortable with me because of my white mother, Mm -hmm. like knowing that I had white in my family or I grew up around white people, which is like, totally effed up but Mm -hmm. it's it's a thing that i think a lot of people think about and it's not like if you maybe have somebody white in your family but being light-skinned means that there's something in your heritage Mm -hmm. that is of theirs for sure and while we're on the subject you want to alexa before we get off track do you want to go ahead and uh tell us about oh right right right. okay so i was (laughs) um i was on peter's season as well um my dad is black american um like my ancestors were slaves. And then my mom is actually full-blood German. She's first uh, generation. So oh, wow. that's my grandparents' first language. Uh, hmm. Yeah. And then I forgot what else I was supposed to say. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that works. Okay. Um, oh, how, like, how you consider, like, how you identify oh, yourself, yeah. if, oh. if at all. So I would say biracial. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would... I would not say ever that I'm white. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would probably lean towards saying that I'm black, mostly because I think in America I'm seen as black. Yep. Yeah. I've had similar. That's like a, such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say my, I call him my chosen father, um, who's multiracial. Um, and he always says, you know, I say I'm a black man because I say how I'm perceived and I'm perceived as a black man. I don't have a choice in that. So how people react to me in the world is that I'm a black man. So I identify and say I'm a black man. For sure. I think right. I've always identified was- as black as well. Until <laughs> recently, I've just felt comfortable enough to be like, okay, I mean, I'm I'm biracial, I'm mixed and that's just Mm. what I am. And, but I think it's, it's, it's not a negative either or pro if I go back and forth to that and identify as a black man, but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, Dustin, do you think that that comes with you just getting more comfortable with your uh, skin tone? Like being more comfortable saying I, that you're biracial as opposed I, to I just th- saying that? I think it just, not necessarily my skin tone. Um, I've always been comfortable, I think, with my skin tone, but just just more comfortable with myself all in general, you know? Like growing up from a, you know, a country land and growing up, you know, with all white people and, Mm -hmm. but being more black and like trying to fit in with the black crowd. And now I'm just like, I'm just me. I'm mixed and that's just who I am. And I'm just more confident in the person I am today. So that's why I just say that. I know who I am today more than I did like five years or 10 years ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, when I was when I was younger, I it sounds like we went through a similar um, childhood. Like I was surrounded by a lot of white people, and I was like picked on because of it. Mm-hmm. So for a very long time, I was ashamed of my black side. So I would go, I would always say I'm mixed or I'm biracial. Yeah. And as I've gotten more comfortable and more accepting and loving my black side, I identify more black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alexa, I can relate. To, I don't say I relate to both of you guys so much because I also grew up in a super small town with all white people. And it's like the further I could get from identify, I never wanted to say I was African. Yeah. But to me, there's a difference between like being African and then being like black American. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of culture yes, involved. Totally. And so I would try to get away from saying I was African and be like, oh yeah, like I'm mixed. Like my dad's black, my mom's white. Like I would never want to say like I'm Igbo, like I'm Nigerian. Like these mm-hmm. are my roots. Like I used to live in Abuja. Like I would never, I would try to stray away because that's like foreign to them. Like mm-hmm. when you're like talking to like young white kids who don't know better or like haven't been around a lot of black people, like the further you can get from confusing them, quote unquote, like that's what I would try to do. And like the way that I wore my hair, like trying to assimilate to them mm-hmm. and like never, cause I don't have like the, like the perfect, you know, typical, like what people would coin as like beautiful curls, like in the media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I feel like there's a stereotype for mixed people that we all have the same hair. Like we all have these, these beautiful good curls. hair. Yep. Yeah. Quote. Good hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So like, just like hiding the the curl pattern that I had and like never really getting to wear it and love it. Mm-hmm. And like, which is why I wear my hair straight all the time now, because I haven't had like my natural journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as part of growing up, like, I feel like as a mixed kid. You say that? You say like, uh, my yeah. natural journey. Do you plan on someday, like going through that natural journey? I need to. Ju- that's, 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 you said yet. Yeah, you said yet. See, that's yeah. Why, that's I mean, why, that's why I just asked, because you said that, like, have you been planning on it or just like... I mean, I think how long can I wear a weave? Like, I'm literally going to like go bald one day life, from wearing one. So, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, wig, like, honey. I'm I'm so excited <laughs> for like all of for like everyone that we've spoken to today, Dustin. I'm so excited for everyone to like hear everyone else's pieces. There was a conversation in our first group yeah. with Jamie, and I don't know if you ever watched her on Ben's season or follow her on Instagram, but she shaved her whole head off, and she literally says that like when she started that journey, that was when she finally felt like she had came into herself like she felt like she was her and the hair piece is so 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 big but even to everything you just said though d i'm gonna call you d now because we're like bffs just met you but i love you um (laughs) but that it's like so much effort and and energy goes into making other people feel comfortable by disservicing yourself and like that just i'm like i'm so sick of us having to do that right yeah, and like absolutely. my biggest thing is like I don't. It's not like I'm ashamed. Like I like the way I wear my hair now, but it's like honestly, like I want the choice to wear it natural. But mm-hmm. it's the, like me thinking about the natural hair journey is like I probably will have to shave my whole it's head. A, and it's like, a I'm journey. Like, gonna think about 
You don't have to. Yeah. You you don't oh. have to shave at all, but it's definitely. I'm gonna look a little whack for it's a while. <laughs> no, yeah, no, not at all. Straight. Like, no, I think half half straight, half straight. I think women look. I'm gonna look whack. Women Justin. look so pretty when they do like the bald head. Like it's like it's it's like. Oh no. I'm not trying to go bald. But you would, but is that how you have it, to? It will look whack if you just grow it out. But that's how you have to start yeah, it you off, right? You have to shave it all off, right? Well, some people do because they're just like, F it. Yeah. But like, I could just stop straightening it and just wear it mm-hmm. like what my hair would look naturally under this. And it's kind of like, like damaged curls, yeah. mm-hmm. like a curl pattern that's damaged. It's yeah. not like when it dries, it's just a puff ball. Mine, like there's no you curl some of those pattern. straight pieces. Yes. Right. I, I go back <laughs> and I look back at photos when I stopped straightening my hair and where it was just like a curly straight mess. Yeah. Literally it was so like kinky and like just frayed and like yeah. dead yeah. and it was terrible but like that is part of the process and then it's hard because it's like okay Mm -hmm. how do I still love myself through this how do I still find worth and beauty in myself how do I still show up fully and like stand strong in that and I would totally recommend following Jamie and even talking to her about it because I think she has kind of surrounded herself at least on the internet you know with other women who have gone through their own natural hair journey like where she might have some cool resources for that but even then i mean alexa you seem to know the a a good way to go about it yeah it seems like so jamie and i it sounds like we were similar with our hair journeys when i was in high school i started perming my hair straight Mm -hmm. uh wearing weave i dyed it blonde and then right before i graduated high school i decided to do the hair journey but i did what she did i just shaved it all off and so i graduated high school with a bald head Mm -hmm. and i just started from there and it honestly d i think you would look awesome bald so (laughs) if you ever wanted to do it oh that's tough that is tough i mean okay but this is my thing i don't want like anyone to think that they can't wear weave or wigs though because i'm like a big advocate like i'm like I hate when people try to come for me on Instagram like, oh, like you wear weaves, you don't love yourself. I don't equate me the way I wear my hair with me not loving myself. Mm-hmm. I just want the option to wear my natural hair if I wanted to. Right now, I don't really feel like I want to wear my natural hair, mm-hmm. but I want that choice down the line. Yeah. I don't want to wear a weave my whole life, I have to straighten my hair my whole life. I want to jump into a pool and not worry mm-hmm. about what the heck I got going on on top of my head. Yeah. It's one day. It's the power of choice. And that's part exactly. of what, yeah. kind of what we talked about a little bit with, with Jamie and that group too, where for me, I was like, it's important that I came to a place of like straightening my hair because it was something fun and creative and that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and not something I felt like I needed to do to suppress my blackness, to appease and make other white people feel more comfortable around me or protect myself from racism. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's also something that has to do like in the workplace. I feel like it's such a big Mm -hmm. thing. Like people with big curly hair, like I feel like I feel nervous to go into an interview with a fro. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I just have that nervous. But that's I don't a know problem. That's yep. Exactly. That's, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's not on you. That's on our society. Like I right. remember that's when I problem. was in high school, when I was in high school, um, I applied at Hollister and I remember I went in for my second interview. And again, in high school, I had like my hair straight. It was blonde. And I remember them saying in the second interview, so like, is your hair always like this? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And they go, oh, okay. Cause we just want it to look professional. And right. then I was like, all right. And listen, I'm a kid. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I just want 50% off these clothes. Like, I just want to work here. Uh, but now I look back and I'm like, oh, that's not cool at all. Yo, I hate people. <laughs> like, it's so annoying. Professional. It doesn't look professional. It's like all those stories. No. You mean it has to look white. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of sucks that's going cool. back and thinking about all those things that you had no idea about. And now you're just like. I hate it. 
kind of kind of uh, just hunt. you know like when you get into an argument with somebody and then you're in the shower later and you're like i should have said that it's <laughs> yeah. like years later i'm like oh i should have walked out <laughs> screw your but clothes I think, <laughs> I think the worst thing is like kids in school right now like mm-hmm. they're people with like braids or people with like big fros and stuff they're deemed as a distraction having yeah. this kind of hairstyles and i feel like that's really problematic because mm-hmm. like having yeah. braids like even my sister who's interviewing like she's like well i don't know if i should have my weave or braids for the interviews like i just want to come off a certain way and i'm like the fact that we even have to think like that as mixed or african-american people in, mm-hmm. like society like it's sad yeah. like that we even have to consider that you can't Absolutely. just wake up and wear your hair and be looked as professional mm-hmm. like what right I think it's definitely, I think it's gotten better, at least in my lifetime, I can tell. I know maybe you guys feel like this too, but when I was growing up, my idea of a black woman was somebody with straight hair because everybody did it in media and movies. Everybody in my life that was a black woman had straight hair. So I just always knew by a certain age, you're supposed to like straighten your hair, get weaved, do something to make it look more white. Um, And now there's so much more representation Mm -hmm. of natural hair in media so I think that that helps with the workplace as well. It like bleeds into professionalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Time for a short break right here. I want to share a new sponsor of the podcast who I'm absolutely loving having on. Uh, they've been absolutely amazing. I've seen them before and I was like, I don't know. Is this going to be for me? But Y'all, it has been for me. So Function of Beauty is hair care that is actually formulated specifically for you. So no matter your hair type, they will create a shampoo, conditioner, and treatment to fit your unique needs. And I was kind of like, okay, sure, but like, are they going to have it that actually works for me? But y'all, fun fact, Function of Beauty has over 54 trillion 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure that your formula is as unique as you, boo, because you deserve that. It's super easy to do. You literally take a quick quiz, uh, tell them a little bit about your hair, and then the team determines the right blend of ingredients, makes your bottle, custom formula to order. Then it's delivered right to your door in a cute customized bottle. And you can like customize it with your favorite color and your fragrance, and they can even put your name on it. So... Not only is it super cute, but it also feels good because their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates or parabens or any other harmful ingredients. And y'all know I'm real particular with my curls here. Like I don't want any of that stuff on my curls. Um, so I highly, highly recommend checking out Function of Beauty. You can go to functionofbeauty.com slash let's talk to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. 20%, go get that discount. Go to Function beauty.com slash let's talk for 20% off and let them know that you heard about them from this show. Say, I listened to let's talk about it. That's where I found y'all, you know, give credit where credit's due y'all. Uh, again, that's function of beauty.com slash let's talk. And, uh, now with all of that said, let's get back to talking. Then we can get back to the show. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, we're talking about hair as kind of an example of this, but I'm wondering kind of how, if there are any examples that come to mind for either of you of kind of how you've experienced racism as a biracial person and like how, how you've maybe dealt with that, like within your family system too. I'm wondering if, you know, 
as we talk about hair, this is kind of like an example of where we experience racism and white supremacy kind of infiltrating how we show up in the world. Um, but I'm wondering if there are other examples of racism um, or even microaggressions that you both can speak to and maybe like how you handled that within your family dynamic or just your, within yourself. Does that make sense? Um, so I... I have just right off the top of my head, uh, I used to live in basically a frat house in Chicago. It was so much fun. But one of my roommates at the time, uh, she, I remember this one time we were sitting on the couch and she was singing a song and she said the N word. And I was like, you can't say that word. And she was like, she was like, oh, what do you care? You're not even full black. And I was like, bitch, just to be clear, if I was white, I'd say shut the F up. Like, yeah, period. But also, don't say that. I'm black. That's you're tripping. Holy tripping on that. Mm -hmm. So just off the top of my head, that's the first thing that I thought of. I feel like when I was younger, like similar things would happen. Like people would say things about black people, but then look at me and be like, don't worry. Like you're basically like white. So like, it's like, don't like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, wait a damn minute. Like in my head, like at the time I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Like you're right. Cause I didn't know better, mm -hmm. but it's like looking back, I'm like, there's so many things that people got. Oh my gosh. This is one time. Uh, one of my friends on the basketball court in high school called me Blackie. She's like, go Blackie. And like, at the time, like, I'm thinking like, oh, like, yeah. And like, people would call me Mocha and be like, oh, like, yeah. you're like a hot chocolate. Like, like, talk to me like that. And I never saw anything wrong with it. And then when I get older, I'm like, holy crap. Like, it's because of my skin. Like, that's mm -hmm. the reason that I'm not like, hey, look, piece of paper on the basketball court. Go paper. Like, that's not something that comes to mind, you know? Like, yeah. So it's sad. You know, I, I really hope that... Kids are just crazy. Yeah. Well, and I really hope that for those of you listening right now, that like you can think of a time where you probably heard one of your friends say that to someone or you might have been the person to say that to someone and you can like really hear these experiences and take this in and recognize how this is problematic. Um, the the mocha thing, I get this all the time because my Instagram handle is Taymocha and people think it's because I'm brown and people are like, oh, well like, yeah, Taymocha because you're brown and I'm like, no, it's because I'm a crazy cat lady. Like I named my cat after like a Starbucks drink, Mocha Joe, uh, and I'm just obsessed with cats. And so I combined our names, <laughs> but like, just want to make that clear. I'm not Taymocha because I'm brown. It's because I love cats. Well, that's good. I didn't know that. I thought it was because of your skin. Yeah, so. no. And people always think that. And they're like, yeah, Tay Mocha. Yeah, you're Mocha. And I'm like, no. I no, got that. It's <laughs> my cat. You're like, it's shut. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's a drink. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, um, another, another thing I just wanted to add was, um, like, I know, and I don't know if you guys were like this, but when I was a kid, especially because I went to a school with all white people, I feel like I got it from both sides. So, like, all the kids in my school would call me a half nigger. they call me, like, I mean, like, the craziest stuff. Yeah. The craziest stuff. And then I'd be hanging around with my black cousins or the kids in my neighborhood, and they'd be like, you're see-through. You're white. <laughs> yep. and it's like, you just get it from both ends, especially when you're younger and kids don't have filters and they don't know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just talking about even our responses to that was inappropriate. Yeah. So um, just kind not of even growing up and learning what's correct. And, and by the way, being mixed race, finding out um, where you belong, because we'll, we're never mm -hmm. going to be in a room full of mixed people, right? Like, I mean, we have been today. Today, it's been, today we, it's been magical today. Yeah. 
we have created yep. this, yeah. this, this room for us. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you can walk into a room and there can be a lot of black people or you yeah. can walk into a room and there's all white people, but I've never walked into a room with all mixed people. And, mm-hmm. uh, for I sure. think it's cool to have this conversation. Yeah, sure. But even Alexa, I don't even think it's just kids that like talk like that. Cause it's like, even a college I experienced being too black for the white people, then too white for the black people or like people like making jokes like, Oh, like you act white mm-hmm. or like, Oh, like, and then I, you know, have my slang, like as an African-American woman, like I talk a certain way, but I'm still like very professional. It's like, oh, like, why are you talking like, you know, ghetto or something like that? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like how is me being me Mm -hmm. like a problem on either side? Like what is, what is the way I, you know, or the way I articulate or the way I carry myself have to do with my blackness or my whiteness? That's what I just never understood. Yeah, Yeah, because Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I already, we're going to say the same thing. So go. Are we we talking about the Camille, the Camille? Yes. Well, and what like the mixed in America women were saying too. Yeah. Well, you go first. Well, you're more, this... you're more articulate. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you are as well. But yeah, it's it's like we associate talking black, right, with this like form of being ghetto, and like if you sound educated, then you're white, and just that itself is problematic. Um, and that's part of what yeah. you know. Speaking with the mixed in America women earlier today, talking about like being a chameleon, right, where we can kind of blend in in these like different social environments, but that it's so problematic. And honestly, uh, more so at a young age, it's more so problematic for sure. Cause yeah, because it, it, it gets instilled in you. Yeah, like if like for example, I had my black my black family members that, you know, didn't take the right path. You know, they were my age, but yet they called me the whitewash one. I'm white. But then I was trying to overcompensate and be black and be like them. Mm-hmm. And it it could have just went down the wrong path that luckily it didn't. But just I'm sure so many other kids like us fall down that same road where they try to just fit in and overcompensate and want to just be one with one of the other races. And it just... Mm-hmm. Try to fit the stereotypes. Try to fit the stereotypes, and it just doesn't work out in their favor, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I mean, for you, Dee, like, given that your background is more literally specific to actual African culture than it is to, like, African-American culture, where I feel like Mm -hmm. in the U.S., as a (laughs) Black person, there are these stereotypes that, like, you know, you're ghetto and you're athletic and you're uneducated and all these fucked up things. Um, But I'm wondering, like, how that presented for you or, like, your perception of that growing up, uh, given that your background's a little bit different or if that didn't, if it was still kind of that, that, yeah. I actually love that you asked this question because I don't view like growing up African with an African background the same as growing up as black American, Mm -hmm. because there are things that we do in an African household, like movies that we watch or tendencies we have, or that the way that our parents treat us that are not the same as black American. Like, you know, I like it honestly in college and even still now, like in the dating world, like I'll meet people that are like, oh, you've never seen ATL or you've never seen you know, you know, these stereotypical like black American movies. And they're like, oh, you, you, you know, you're white. You've never seen this. You were even black. Like, did you do this as a kid? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in like being a black American. I grew up as an African. Like Mm -hmm. my dad's not going to put on ATL. We're not going to watch Friday. Like that's just not what my Nigerian father or my, you know, my white mother who is with a Nigerian man, that's not the kind of movies that we are watching in our house. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's the kind of stuff. It's like, I grew up, like I'm 
I'm constantly being picked out like, oh, you're not black enough. You didn't do this. So that means that you're not black now. Like, I'm like, first of all, being African is completely different. We have completely different mm-hmm. cultures. Like it, it's just not. And that's what like makes me so mad. It's like, I'm actually more in touch with my cultural side probably than someone who's calling me out saying, cause I didn't watch ACL. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I know my history. I've been to my homeland. Like I, you know, I'm very in touch with my Nigerian African side. So I'm like, what, what am I not black enough for you? Like for how sure. black one they're, <laughs> do they're associating being black with being black American. What they're familiar right. with. And it just, you know, exactly. yeah. it doesn't matter, right? People are ignorant in both sides and it's just, I'll, yeah. yeah. Well. Also colorism is so huge mm-hmm. in the black community. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially for light skinned people, we get the upper hand. Like, even mm-hmm. though, even though like, let's say, you know, my black cousins would call me like see-through and pasty Whitey. and all this stuff. It's like, it works both ways. I mean, we have way more representation in media than mm-hmm. darker skinned women, especially. Um, yeah. I remember being in high school. D, I was just talking to you this morning about this. I remember in high school, I went through like all of high school. I remember, I think it was Lil Wayne came out with a song that was talking about yellow bone women. And then it was like every rap song for the next five years was just yellow bone women. And it's like, that's not cool. Like there's beautiful black women in this world and they're not yeah. all yellow bone, like light skin. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. Or yeah. red bone. Like you don't have to be mixed to be beautiful. Like you don't have to be mixed to be a beautiful black woman. Yeah. Like, and that's mm-hmm. what I just, I feel like this, the media makes it seem, but the media in my eyes, like honestly, well, when I think of mixed women in the media, I feel like it's light skin, light eyes, curly hair, mm-hmm. like slightly blonde, maybe hair. And I'm like, that's not like the way I do yeah. mixed people. Like I have yeah. brown eyes, you mm-hmm. know, not like, the stereotypical, you know, curly hair that you see as mixed kids in the media. I don't know. Yeah, we talked about this earlier with the other two ladies, um, how we have we have privilege, you know, being mm-hmm. biracial. And I didn't think about it till today, honestly. But my whole life, yeah, I've had more privileges than, you know, someone that's more darker than me, of course. Even like with like, even the dating world, you know, you see a girl that girls are like into, well, not saying all of them, but you know, the light-skinned guy, you know? So I had like my privileges growing up that I never even thought about until today, honestly. It's kind of kind of weird that yeah that yeah I never thought someone biracial like me would have privileges, but we do. Do you guys know yeah. an instance where you were probably you know of your privileges? I mean, I was just thinking. I know for a fact. I think especially for I think that there um a light-skinned woman, like, I think that my experience is going to be so much different than yours, Dustin, mm-hmm. because, again, like, in media, I think that we're portrayed and almost fetishized, fetishized, 100%. Mm-hmm. like, you know, in this light. Um, so I think in that way, we're privileged, and because especially with women in media, I have way more representation than a darker-skinned woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that we're privileged in those ways. I mean, I'm not gonna, like, I've definitely been stereotyped, like, we're getting followed around in the store just like everybody yeah. else. So, like, I don't know if I'd take it like so, so far, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely prominent. It's definitely prominent. I think, especially like in the black community. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of tying off what Taylor said about being more relatable. I think that's what you said, Taylor, to like, you know, a Caucasian person. I feel like that is the light skin privilege, whether we see it or not, whether we actually mentally note it or not. Mm -hmm. I feel like being lighter skin, like white people feel like they can relate to us that much more. That's our privilege. Like if it's me, 
Like, I yeah. feel like if, you know, you're going to a club that's like low key prejudice, like I would have more of an opportunity to get into the club than a person of like a dark skinned woman or a brown skinned woman, because, you know, they're like, okay, like if we have to let a black girl in, it's going to be the one who is more similar to, mm-hmm. you know, a white standard. Yeah. So I feel like that's our privilege, whether like light skins like notice it or not. Like, I don't just go around saying like, oh, this is my privilege. Like, cause mm-hmm. I try not to actively think about it. Yeah. Like, I just want to live my life and be accepted as me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I think that we do have a privilege and whether we can recognize it or not, that yeah. it is. And, that. and like, I want to be so, I think it's such a fine line for people who are mixed and, and biracial to discuss <clears throat> this component of privilege within colorism, because I think it's so important that we make sure to not let discussing our privilege invalidate racial trauma and racial mm-hmm. pain. And that, the only reason we have privilege is because of white supremacy, that, that, that our privilege is a function of that white supremacy and that it's not necessarily this Mm -hmm. thing of like, we're better than, but that we're perceived as better than by white because white is what has the power. So it's not this like, I, I don't know. I just think that's important in context that it's like, this is a privilege because of the power that whiteness holds. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's something good Very yeah, well said. to know. Yeah. Actually perfectly said. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like us choosing the privilege. It's a privilege that is given to us by the white man. Like, yeah. Historically well, it speaking. was, colorism was created by white people. Yeah. It was created who raped by their slave slaves. <laughs> yeah, who raped their slaves and then had mixed children and had them as slaves in the house. So I think it's important to distinguish that and know that like it's perpetuated Mm -hmm. by society, but it's created by the white man. So it's like, I don't think that we should be. Yeah. I I almost feel invalidating anybody else's experience, but we definitely need to call it out. Like, yes, 100% there's privilege. Totally. (laughs) And I think, you know, when I've had conversations around what my privilege is that it's been used almost as a weapon to attack me when I'm discussing black issues or when I'm advocating for blackness um, or expressing my blackness even. And I think it's like, I mean, Dustin, I'm so glad that that's something that, that you were able to take away and like that you're part of this conversation to be able to discuss because I do think it shows up in so many ways that honestly are probably difficult for us to even realize, but that one of the things that Megan said um, from Mixed in America that she was like, if we don't acknowledge it, then we perpetuate it. And I was like, oh, Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Deep. So deep. <laughs> What'd you say? I didn't hear. So deep. I said, just, it's so deep. Like, if we don't acknowledge it, oh, we yeah. perpetuate it. Yeah. And thinking about absolutely. that, that this literally started from, like, slave owners raping their slaves to create people that looked like us, maybe not in your case, D, um, but that like, I'm wondering even just when y'all learned about slavery in the first place, like what, what was happening for you internally? Like, do you remember how you felt about yourself or what you were essentially being told about yourself when you learned about history in the United States? So for me, um, I like race has always been such a huge subject in my life. Like I could, I couldn't even tell you 
like when I learned about slavery, because it's just always been a topic. Like my my own grandfather was hung in Mississippi. My dad's father was hung in Mississippi by the KKK like 68 years ago. So it's like, this has always been a topic in my family. And uh, it's not, unfortunately, I don't think I learned a ton of it in school. Mm-hmm. It's like my dad stepping forward and teaching me about my family's history. And that's something I like honestly was thinking about earlier today is like, we don't really learn as black people. We don't learn a whole lot about our history. So it's really on to ourselves to self-educate about where we're from, like what it looked like. There's a lot of things that I read now that I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have never known a black man created that. Or this is what Mm -hmm. this, you know, amazing scholar that was African-American did. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Like literally growing up in school and I'm like, that sucks. Like we grew up in school and we learn about white history and they sugarcoated at that. So it's like, okay, like we're thinking, you know, we're living this great life and they really didn't do a whole lot to suppress us as black people. But then it's like, the the older you get and the more that you self-educate yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, like I don't know a whole lot about, you know, what yeah. I, you know, where, you know, history, black people, I don't know. I well, don't know black history is an elective in school. And that's like, that's number one. That's, that's like a, a choice problem. to take. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen, oh, D, you like trolls, right? Have you guys seen trolls? The second I love movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Y'all, her face literally it? just I'm, lit up so much. Cause <laughs> it is so good. You guys like trolls. There's no good message trolls though. <laughs> Okay, so that part, so there's this part, you guys, in Trolls, where literally this woman's like, or one of the trolls is talking about how, like, pop trolls, whatever. They're talking about American history. He says, he goes, he goes, the scrapbooks, they're talking about history books as scrapbooks. He goes, those are cut, pasted, and glued by the winners. (laughs) And my heart sank. You guys have to watch Trolls, too. It's so good. Wow. They they put that in there. Halfway through the movie. So you can find out halfway through the movie. That's when that when he says that Anderson Pack voices. I love Anderson Pack. He voices mm-hmm. this the punk, the funk troll, which are like the black trolls. They're like the the black music history, and it's awesome. So anyway, you find out halfway through that they've been talking about American history this whole time. Damn, I, the rock I gotta trolls. watch the set for sure. No, yes. you'll pick up on everything once you see it. You see, and at the end, that's honestly Alexa. That's when I started to see it at the end because I was like, oh wait, the whole time the rock trolls were trying to, you know, turn everyone to just be like them, like society just like them. That's the end. Yes, like, yes. The I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. Don't give it away, guys. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Ha- have you guys seen? Have you guys seen Zootopia? I yeah, Zootopia is a good one. Too. Of course, <laughs> Zootopia is good. That's a good one for sure. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Well, I, I'm obsessed with Pixar. Like, I, I love artwork. Like, the animation. Mm-hmm. I love watching animated movies just so I can be like, wow, that's so cool how they do that. The animation's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did not know that Trolls w- went that deep. Like, but that's also, again, like, <sighs> these things, whether overtly or covertly, are being instilled in us from such a young age to where hopefully the kids that are watching trolls can slowly start to pick up on these things, right? Like when I watch, yeah, you know, freaking, I don't even know, Little Mermaid, that was my favorite movie growing up <laughs> that I'm like, okay, you know. Oh my God, I love <laughs> The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, there's all these messages in all these, you know, movies and these um, even, you know, in terms of Rome, in ter- terms of our romantic life, right? Of the stories and the representation that we have, and what kinds of narratives were told about people that look like us. Um, and I mean, yeah, this is my homework now. I got to watch Trolls, apparently. Same. I'm going to watch it. Too. You're going to love it. Also, 
music bomb. I sound like a paid advertisement. That's cool. I'm going to sponsor this girl. <laughs> yeah, let's get a, let's get a troll me. sponsorship up in here. Um, I mean, on the first one. <laughs> I'm low-key going to watch it tonight. It's so good. <laughs> we could all have a movie night, guys. We could all have a movie night. Um, yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break right here because it's time for a friendly reminder here on our mental health. Our mental health is so, 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 so important. Um, It is okay to need help. It is okay to want help. It is okay to want support and to need support. Um, So again, one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast, BetterHelp. Y'all already know they're amazing. It's online, affordable, super convenient, professional counseling. This is not self-help. This is actual counseling from licensed professional counselors. Um, They specialize in a variety of issues. It's super easy. You take a little quiz and they match you up with someone uh, within 24 hours. uh, You just kind of share kind of what you're struggling with and and what you're wanting assistance with. Um, And you get all of this without ever having to leave your apartment, really. I mean, you can go on walks, but it's super convenient. It's at your own time. Um, Highly, highly recommend them. You can check them out at betterhelp.com slash talk about it and you will save 10% off your first month. That's like four sessions you could get in in a month for 10% off. And they also offer financial assistance. So honestly, why why not start today, y'all? You can join over a million people taking charge of their mental health. And again, that's betterhelp.com slash talk about it. So go on and talk, find someone to talk about it with, y'all. <laughs> So cheesy. All right. We can get back to the show. So I'm wondering if we can transition this conversation just a little bit because I know Alex and I have talked about this some, but I'm wondering how being biracial has impacted our dating lives and how we show up with our partners, what kind of partners we have experience with. Um, Because I think that I don't know. I feel like that's an important piece of all of this, right? Because even in just dating in general, like most of us have grown up around white culture, immersed in white culture. And if not, then we still are living in a predominantly white society that impacts that. Um, But yet our racial experiences have greatly impacted us and are going to impact how we show up in our dating. Um, So I'm wondering if if y'all want to kind of touch on that a little. Um, so for me and Taylor, I know we've talked about this, mm-hmm. but for me, uh, I've gotten this so many times when I go out on dates with white guys, they'll be like, you know, you're really pretty for a black girl. Or they'll say like, oh, you know, you're the first black girl that I've ever dated something like that. And you just know when they say that it's so backhanded. Mm-hmm. It's first off, when you say don't ever for anybody listening to this, if you're a man of any color, don't ever tell a woman you're pretty for a black girl. It means that she's pretty despite her blackness. Like that's not cool to say to anybody. I think mixed women get it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have a lot of darker skinned black women who have gotten that as well, Mm -hmm. uh, who like grew up around, around white people and kind of like immersed in that culture. And it's just so inappropriate. Um, And I don't know. Yeah. And then the whole, like, you're the first you know, black woman I've ever dated that again, that feels like (sighs) you're saying that because I'm mixed. Uh Like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not too black though. I'm I'm not too black. (laughs) It's actually funny that you say that because one of my friends just experienced this with a white guy. She's black. 
but she's light skinned. She's not mixed, but she's light skinned. And um, the guy's white and he's messaging her and is like, you're so beautiful. Like normally, like I don't date black girls, but like, Ooh. there's just something about you. Like, yeah, exactly. From the jump, I was like, yeah, I would have just cut off the conversation <sighs> there. But he just made yeah. it such a thing to bring up her race and bring up her skin. And the fact that she was black, I'm like, if you like someone and you're attracted, you don't have to say, I like you and you're beautiful for your skin color. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like you should never like as a, a white person or even like a black person dating a light skin girl or, you know, bring up someone there's color. Like, I don't think that's necessary in the dating world. I think you just bring up, I'm attracted to you. I think mm-hmm. that you're a beautiful human. Like, I want to get to know you. We don't need to talk about the fact that you're black. Or you're the first black girl I've dated, like, or that you normally I don't date black girls. Like, yeah. that's not something that. If that's yeah, the truth, just bring that up. Just it. have a, that's, that could be something that's talked about later once you guys know each other. I was just going to say that. And I'm like, if you bring it up on the first date, I know that you are focused on the fact that you told all your friends before you got here that you have a date with a black girl. You, if you bring it up the first date, it means that it's a, it's a thing for you. And that's not cool either. See, I, why is that cool. even like a talking point? Like, why is that something that you need to know? Like as a, like a white man, why are you looking at someone like you're so beautiful? Like I don't normally date black girls. Like, why is that even a conversation you need to have? You like this girl. You think she's cute. Like, why don't you get to know who she is as a person instead mm-hmm. of bringing up her skin color? See, like, why is that a thing? I think that it can be... I agree with what y'all are saying. And I think there's like an extra step in this that I think it can be really powerful and like vulnerable for someone to say, you know, yeah, I'm really interested in you and I'm really excited. And like, I really like getting to know you. And like, you know, I want to be honest. I haven't experienced a romantic relationship with someone who is black before. And I know that we've had different experiences and like, I want you to feel comfortable sharing with me and being real with me of what your experience is like in your shoes like this, because I don't know. And I haven't had that, um, experience or, you know, um, uh, just in, in my space, right. In my circle, I haven't had that. Like, I think that something like that and putting into question, like, how can I get to know you? And I acknowledge that your blackness is a part of that and that I don't experience can be powerful and like doesn't feel fetishizing or objectifying but i think there's like a way where that could be really powerful and acknowledging that i don't know yeah it's a, i understand what you're saying i think personally i have not experienced it in that way yeah. i've only ever experienced <laughs> it in a way that's like you know mm-hmm. you're the first black girl i've ever dated yeah. like nah. yeah okay what do i say to that like i understand what you're saying mm-hmm. but i've never experienced that kind of yeah because uh, i don't uh, think they, that I, like saying it that way i've never had that yeah before. i think yeah. it's just all on the mood you gotta know the mood you're in like if you guys are just like getting to know each other it's kind of stiff you don't want to bring that up but if you guys are like flirting having a couple drinks and you guys are just feeling comfortable with each other where it's like you could bring up or say you could it's all about the mood and i mean i guess i mean most guys they don't know really know how to <laughs> communicate yeah communicate during the yeah so i <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think that there's a time and a place, like you said, like read the room. Mm-hmm. I think if we've been dating each other for a while, we're hanging out and you mention it, I'm gonna be like, oh, that's cool. Tell me about your ex-girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Like then we're talking about this, yeah. you know, like I can yeah. talk to you about my exes. Like that's, but you're not talking about your exes, right? On your first date. Mm-hmm. So why are you I bringing mean, this up? I sometimes do. <laughs> Oh. because sometimes kind of literally you go because right off the bat for me i'm like yeah okay like have you dated anyone that like i literally ask i say have you ever dated like a woman of color before or like do you mostly date like white women oh. like am i 
But that's an exception because you're bringing it up. Yes. Like, that's a good thing if you bring mm-hmm. it up and not them. Because I feel like it's weird if they bring up the fact that you're like, oh, you're a black girl. Like, you're pretty for a black girl. Yeah. Like, this is my first black girl that I'm dating. Like, I like that you would bring that up because that gives you the power. But it's yeah. like when they're objectifying you, like, in the way, like, totally, oh, like, almost like, oh, I don't know what my parents would think. But like, I think you're real cool. Like, I'm just like, that's just not something that you should throw out to someone on the first yeah. interaction. Or Look, what if? I don't know how you guys have first dates, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm just having fun. We want to go bowling. <laughs> It depends. It's conversations. I'm trying to see. It's to- Am I attracted to you? See, it totally depends on. Do I have fun with you? What yeah. if the and guy it totally says, depends on what kind of date it is? Yeah, and what if he says, "Have you ever dated a white guy?" Does that kind of make it okay, or is that like so? So, Dustin, let me tell you why that's that's totally fine. Because it would just be like if Taylor, yeah. if Taylor yeah, brings up like her that. race yeah. to somebody and says, hey, have you dated? Yeah, then it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I've had that question before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're still just having fun. It's still a first date. We can yeah. jump back at it. You know, like I can answer that question. It's not a big deal. But I think that there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by the way that somebody says something. Yes. Yeah. It's not like, um, oh, I'm inquiring about you. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to put this out there so that yeah. you know that you're different than other black girls. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a difference there. It's them attempting to make you feel special and saying that when really they're objectifying you. And and yeah, I think my like and piece to that is like maybe more of like the alternative of how people could go about it to where it's not objectifying and it's not like mm-hmm. icky and gross. Um, even as you both have said kind of those examples of like, you're pretty for a black girl. Um I'm wondering if either of you have experienced this where someone asks you, like, what are you? Or they say, like, you know, what's your background or whatever? Um, And you say, you know, for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm half black, half white. And then they literally are, like, in disbelief. And they're like, no, no way. No way. You're not black. Really? No way. I would have never guessed that. And then they go, but you're so pretty but you're so pretty. Wow. I would have never guessed that you were black, but you're so pretty. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> I will say I'm guilty. Yeah. of. I, I'll say I'm guilty of, well, not saying anything like that. Oh, you're so pretty. But you know, a girl telling me like she is half white, half black. When I totally thought she was Latina. I was like, wow, you really, yeah. you know, I've mm-hmm. been, I'm, I'm guilty of doing like saying things of like that, of course, but for the <laughs> thing that you're so pretty I for that, that's, that's just, yeah. The the whole like what are you? That actually doesn't bother me, I don't think, as much as it does other people. Um <laughs> mainly because I I don't know, I expect the best out of people. So I think if they're asking, they are just genuinely curious. But the whole like uh no, I thought you were this or I thought you were this. Yeah, I get that sometimes for sure. Mm-hmm. But like look, now I have my hair I, my hair's an afro when it's not in braids. Yeah. So most of the time people are like, Yeah. I assumed you were black. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I have my hair straightened, I used to get the Hispanic thing all the time. Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm wondering if you want to talk a little bit about your time on the show because you had your curls on the show and that was it not did. something that fans of the show, viewers of the show are used to seeing. And every time your cute little face came on, I was like, they need to show her more. I was like, where did she go? Like, where'd she go? I mean, both of you. I was like, get them back on the screen. Like, they are fucking gorgeous. Um, But yeah, I'm curious, like, what kind of feedback you got from that and just kind of how that felt showing up in that space, which is predominantly white, um, in, like, your full self. So just right away going into the show, I had only watched, I started watching Rachel Lindsay season mainly because I was like, I got to support this woman. Mm -hmm. Like she's the first black lead. So that's when I started with the show. 
And um, I don't know. So I was very aware that I wasn't the usual contestant. And it's not just my outward appearance, also my personality. I know I'm a little bit of a weirdo. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of a hippie. So even going into it, I mean, I never thought they were actually going to pick me. So going to the house, D, you probably remember this. I was so quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, she everybody, the first night, the first night, I, I think I walked away from one of the, Jade came up to me and said hi to me. And I just walked away from her. And I'm like the <laughs> nicest person ever. And I just was not, I was not in it at all. I got very similar um, things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know that a lot of it had to do with me just, I felt so different Mm -hmm. and it was like, my hair was such a statement. You know, I had that, that wrap on the first night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had my wrap on the first night. And so, you know, I was like making a statement, which I'm so good with like making a statement with my outfits, but then I walked in and there's these pageant Queens and everybody. So like, I remember being so jealous of Deandra, you and Tammy and Alea and these women that were just like able to be themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, but I saw that they were so different for me. So it made me shut off and it made me feel like, well, Peter won't like me. He likes these kind of girls. And, um, you know, maybe I'm just here to be a token and it, it completely got to me the first night. And then I started opening up as the days went on, but yeah, it was in my head for sure. Yep. Alexa, for I remember sure. the first time I saw you, I was like, I love this girl. Like, I remember I saw your <laughs> hair wrap. And I saw your curls and your little black dress. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember I tried to talk to you and you literally shut me down. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> I know, I shut everybody down. All right. I think, I forgot who it was. Somebody came up to me. She was like, you were wearing like no makeup. You look like Alicia Keys. And I was like, I love her. Thank you. <laughs> She's like, don't talk to really, me. Really though? Why are you guys talking to me? <laughs> I loved it. Yep. Yeah, I just felt I just felt very different. So just to go back to what you said, Taylor, mm-hmm. about uh, like my feedback. So I actually I I did have a few people that were just like going at me because of my like my hair. I guess I think it's just being so uh, unapologetically black yeah. on such like a white prominent show really rubbed some people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, my feedback was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I remember this one message I got. Um, it was before the show even aired, actually. They had just did the first promo. And I had the most heartwarming message from this mother in Alabama. And she was saying that her and her daughter had been watching the show since her daughter was born, like 10 years ago. And her daughter looks like me. She has hair like me. And she was like, we always look at these women like these are the most beautiful women in the United States. These are the most beautiful women in the United States. And then I walked out, they saw the promo and she said her daughter was like, that girl looks like me. (laughs) And it just, it completely warmed my heart. And so it's like everything else that happened is so worth it. And I've gotten so, so, so many messages from women telling me that. Like, you've given me confidence to rock my hair, just to be myself. Um, And just representation is so, so, so important. It's so important. Dustin, I'm like fucking mm-hmm. myself up. Like she's every been crying episode. all day. You got her. Like, <laughs> no, just because like these conversations. That was sweet. Honestly, <laughs> are so important, and to have that representation for you know, I mean, I like. I have literally a client that I work with who has never spoken to another mixed race person in her life. And like, like you said, that, that woman in Alabama, I mean, I get people that message me all the time too of like, I'm raising my, my daughter who's biracial. Like, I don't really know what to teach her, what to say to her. Like other women who are biracial who are like, I don't know how to navigate this. Like I've, there's all these things I'm told and it just like, it's so emotional because it's so complex and we carry so much and it just like obviously is making me very emotional today. <laughs> it's a, it's a big thing. And it's, it's, 
It's huge. And I think that we're so underrepresented. So especially in the bachelor world. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that are fans of the show, they need more of that. They, they have to see it. They're, I mean, and also queer representation. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that's missing from it. So I think that, you know, if you can give a little bit to it, mm-hmm. why not? That's why I was like, I'm throwing a wrap on honey. We don't give it. Mm-hmm. And then my personality was like, Oop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious for, for you, G, I mean, if there's anything that you want to share around like how you felt, um, you know, being one of the few as, as we all are, um, few, uh, diversity representation on the show and kind of what your experience was like from that. Um, I feel like at y'all's women's hell all, they talked about bullying, right? Did they discuss that as like a racial component at all? Well, they've talked about racism. Okay. Okay. That's what that was. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, So yeah, I'm curious, Dee, if you want to speak at all to your experience on that. Like on the show, because that's I'm kind of like, are you talking about after or like how I felt on the show as a mixed person or as an African American on the show? Both, both. Okay, because I mean, honestly, like going on the show as an African American woman, like at the time, like I felt like, okay, like you would see these relationships being formed and like the the same girls that were having these relationships, and I felt like, dang, like am I not getting noticed because I am an African American or because Mm -hmm. like of my personality? And like I'm a very friendly person. I honestly get along with everybody, so I couldn't help but think like in my mind, like am I not going to be in it like someone that, you know, Peter looks at because I'm an African-American necessarily, or is it because of my personality or I don't know. There's just so many things. I know it is a predominantly white show. Like I know, I knew that going in. And then when I went there, I was like, okay, I was actually surprised at how many, you Mm -hmm. know, African-American girls there were. I was happily surprised, but then it's like, you watch the show and you know, like who always makes it to the end is usually, you know, yeah. You know, the beautiful girl, you know, the white girl with the nice hair or, you know, even if you look at the Instagram, like you look at the followers yeah. that after the show, like you have all these great personalities like me, Alexa, you see mm-hmm. who gets the airtime versus who doesn't. And then the followers that follow afterwards, yeah. like you have, you know, Shan who yes. makes it, you know, very incredibly far yeah. in the show. Yes. Yet you look at her follower count, you know, comparatively to someone who goes on the like night, you know, second week, third mm-hmm. week, you know, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I'm like, oh, this is a beautiful girl who, you know, you saw a lot more of her personality, but it's like, why is it that people are more drawn to people that they know less because they can relate more because of skin color? I don't understand. Um, I also just want to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to No, 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 keep off. going. No, chip in. Oh, sure. I was just going to say, I think that uh, we can we can put some of that on the fans, absolutely. Yeah. But I think also you have to look at who's getting airtime. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, Sheehan made it farther, but she wasn't getting as much airtime as people that literally were gone two, three weeks before her. I think I got more airtime than her and I was gone in week three. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, it's just different for everybody. And I think, yeah, it was for me too. Yeah. 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 And I think that, uh, you know, it's a white love story. That's what we're seeing. So I, and that's another thing I was very like, even watching it back, there was so much that happened with me that wasn't shown, but also at the same time, I'm like, it's not my love story though. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's why yeah. that happens. But it's like, I can't help to think, Alexa, like how you and I would fare if it was, you know, Matt was The Bachelor and we were on his season. So like, that's Listen, why I'm like, listen, I know like, what you're saying. I'm with you. I'm, like, I, I'm with you. Then it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, I wonder who would get the airtime in that situation. Who would make it far? And like, if there's a, just a coincidence right. because of who's picked or because, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't we're going to find yeah. out. Well, and I'll just, I'll just straight up, I'll just straight up say something. Like I, straight up say I it. was so worried about the token thing. I was so worried about being a token black girl or the one with the hair. Like I was so worried about that, that through casting, I'm talking about, and by the way, I'm going to say this, but it's not that I don't know him at all. 
but I thought that Mike was going to be the bachelor mm-hmm. that yeah. entire time. It's the only reason why I applied. And it's not because I would have thought that it's not because I thought I was going to like him. It's because, Oh, I would actually have. have yeah. Mm-hmm. In my head, that is how, that is how it feels when you're on the show. That's how it felt even before I was like, well, I'm not going to make it far with a white guy. <laughs> that's not what this show does. So I'm going to apply when there's somebody that's not white. And so that's what happened. And, you know, I think it's something that I'm sure, Taylor, maybe you felt on the show as well. It's something that we all think. Dustin, did you feel like that when you were on the show? Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Um, When I Mm -hmm. found out Hannah Brown was going to be the Bachelorette, I found out the same day I flew in there and I met her live on television. You know, we did a quick toast in front of everybody. Oh, that's right. And uh, yeah, I didn't. I thought it was actually going to be Tejma. I think that's how you say her name. Tejma. I thought it was going to be Tejma. But, um, and I knew um, Hannah was a lot younger than me. Southern Belle. I'm like, this is, this probably, this probably isn't going to happen, but (laughs) I'll try to get to know her. That's what I said. So. Yeah. And all you can do is just be yourself and hope, hope that you're not the token, you know? Yeah. But I also think that it has to go into a lot of the personality and the background of the person that they pick. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, okay, if you're looking consistently, like maybe someone with Hannah Brown, you know, grew up in a smaller town, is it, you know, Southern Belle? Like, okay, do you actually think that this is who she's gonna wanna date? Yeah. Like, you have to like look into the background of the person. Cause I'm like, I don't necessarily think that every white guy is gonna always pick yeah. a white girl. Cause there are guys who are like, okay, no, I, mean, like, I follow love. Peter was one so of those guys like, that I thought that I was like, oh, if he was Bachelor, then certainly other women of color would actually have more of a fair chance because his actual social circle is representative of that hmm i think i think moving forward you have to look not at peter y'all this is peter. not a dig at anybody not peter huh? not peter y'all's peter uh, i'm talking oh. about peter kraus from rachel season because oh. <laughs> y'all both were looking at me and i was like mm, i'm talking about peter kraus okay uh, i almost went i almost went why would you think that <laughs> And you were just like, hmm. I was like, hold on, let me clarify. I'm good. No shade, though. Like, no no shade. It's just, uh, I think for sure, moving forward, I think when you're choosing a lead, though, you have to, like, yes, the cast needs to be represented. But also, if you pick a lead who all their ex-girlfriends or all their ex-boyfriends look like this. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get somebody that's open to everybody. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that you or- even, you, you have to do it. That's the only way that there's going to be true representation, not just the cast that you pick, but the person that you pick to be the lead. For sure. So, and I, th- and I, I think that's even more entertaining. It is- I think it's even more entertaining to not know who someone's going to pick versus like, Oh, for sure. yeah, this is probably where you're going to go. And you know, they, they ask us like, what's your type? What do you like? And I think for most people that are going to get the lead, they're going to say, oh, I'm open to anybody. But how many, they should ask the people you've dated, what has been their color, their background, this and that. So you can get a more wide range besides someone that just says. Maybe they should ask those. No, no, they should. (laughs) So you see, like you could see besides people saying, oh, I'm open to anything, but let's, let's see what you're. And that's Which, also your last check your car with white blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, but, yeah. but I also fast. think if you if you pick someone who's like from a small town in Alabama versus like a you know inner city Chicago, like both white people, they're gonna have vastly different choices for who mm-hmm. they're gonna date because of where yeah. they grew up. Maybe that's then. Girl, that, I live in Chicago, uh, <laughs> inner city Chicago. I don't know, like where there's more like population diversity. I'm guessing there's more diversity. There's diversity, but Chicago's actually really segregated. Segregated, like, Chicago's hella segregated. Okay, but okay, so let me take it back. It's, it's, 
it's diverse, but when you think about neighborhoods and where Texas. people hang out, Dustin, how many times have you, Dustin, how many times have you walking into a bar or restaurant and you're the only person of color there? There, there might be, there might be another, there. there might be another. It depends on where you go. Like if you go down to, <laughs> you mean, you, you mean you like old town? Oh, this say, old town. Much, I you gotta explain people, this answer too much, which just gives us the answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, it's so funny. Okay. I always tell people if I'm feeling down and need some attention, I'll just go down to old town. That's where like the. <laughs> There you go. That's the demographic for Ambassador Nation, pretty much. But <laughs> Okay, I was just going to say, the only time that I've ever been like, somebody's like, that's Alexa Caves. I'd be in Old Town. Maybe like, Old Town? yeah, I watch The Bachelor. <laughs> I know this. So yeah. I'm like, I can't go. So with all of this said, knowing that Matt is going to be the next Bachelor, would either of y'all actually consider going on that season? Throw me in there, into the mix. I'd go. <laughs> Throw you in. I'll say this. Don't I'll say this. If, if D goes, I'll go. Period. I'll say this. Matt's a great guy. I met, I've met Matt. I met him in New York. He ran a marathon here in Chicago with me. He's a good guy. He was actually a good choice. I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah. You guys, you guys should definitely try to yeah. get on there. He's a good guy. I mean... His season will definitely be fun to watch, for yeah. sure. And I think I'm done after, after his season. I'm done. I can't watch no more. I'm done. <laughs> I it's a lot. Like, it's I don't a know lot. If I, watch I can't keep up. It stresses me out. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's a lot, and I think especially for people of color that come off the show, it's like a whole other special thing. And Dustin, we didn't talk about this in our intro, but like when I met you in LA, first of all, slightly awkward. Um, but I was I was so all, I was fuck, I'm sorry I was drunk as shit. I've been drinking all day, but anyways, I know, but yeah. I, I like went up to him in the club and was like, Hey, like I'm Taylor. I'm from Nick's season. Like just wanted to introduce myself and say, hi, like us people of color from the show really got to stick together here. And you were like, what? Who are you? <laughs> I can't hear very <laughs> it was... <laughs> I'm no, like, I, know, I know, I know all this now, but at the time I was like, yeah, this is really awkward. But like my whole point was that like, it is a very different experience being someone of color, non-white from the show. And for me, it was super important for us to be able to like lean on each other and be able to provide each other with this kind of support. Um, I absolutely love this grouping so much and y'all are like fantastic. Um, we do have to wrap up and I want to kind of leave us off with maybe two points for listeners. Um, one, I would love to hear what you love about being biracial. Um, and then I would also think it could be helpful. Um, what's something you would want people to take away from you sharing about your biracial experience? Okay, I, I'll start. Oh, you want to no, 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 go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I think I have gone through the th- most things in my life, uh, most problems that I were issues that I've had in my life because of being biracial. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like it's made me so much more strong and it, I know who I am, I think a lot more than a lot of people my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. I don't know. I had to go through those experiences and I just know who I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made you stronger. What's, what's something that you would want people to kind yeah. of take away from the experiences <laughs> that you've shared or from anything that we've talked about today? Um, I don't know. The whole I feel like we talked about, so, yeah, we <laughs> talked about so much. Um, I feel like you can't judge a book by its cover. I think you can't look at a light-skinned girl and apply, you know, 
these preconceived notions to her because you don't know her background. You don't know where she's from. You don't know what, you know, her cultural history is. Don't look at a light skinned girl and just be like, or a mixed girl and just think, you know, they're all the same. I think the biggest takeaway is we're all so individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all have such different upbringings. We all have, you know, you know, having a black mom and a white dad or having a a black dad and a white mom, like that'll drastically change the way your upbringing is. So it's like, I just think that you have to, or mixed people, like you just have to look at us and I don't know, like just don't be a stupid person. Like we're human beings. We're not like this weird. <laughs> I love that. Don't be, don't stupid. be stupid. We're human. Don't be stupid. Self-educate yourself. Learn how to communicate. I love it. I love it. Um, and what, what would you say that you love about being biracial? I love that I just am like a mix of different cultures. I like that I have, you know, my Nigerian side and it's also like, you know, my white culture and like growing up in Maine and like eating lobster and like, you know, mm-hmm. fishing and like that part of me. And then there's also like, you know, my African side, like going to Africa, like being Igbo, like there's, I just like that. I'm not just linear. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many different things and I can fit into so many different categories. And I like That's that. Dope. Yeah. Be a chameleon. Chameleon. Be a chameleon. That's been the word of the day. Chameleon. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Well, I love you both so much and I really, really appreciate y'all coming on and sharing some of your own experiences and also just helping educate these listeners out here because, I mean, I think everyone is trying to learn. I think we're all trying to learn all the things as po- as much as possible. Well, I absolutely love you both and super appreciate you being vulnerable and, and coming on here and sharing parts of your stories with all of us today. Um, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. And uh, where can people kind of find you and and follow up with all the things y'all are doing and just follow you all are both just absolutely stunning so like even if you just want to look at like pretty humans please go follow them thank you thank you and we love Um, you too yes well you can follow me at alexa ray hates on instagram or my business my salon is at lexa ray beauty um i'm located in lakeview neighborhood in chicago so come check me out i'm here six days a week (laughs) <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram, Deandra Kanu, just my first and last name. That's it. Amazing. No business right now. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you um, both so much. Thank you, Tay. Thank you. Yes. Justin. Thank you so much for having us on. It was so good to talk to you. Yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Quite a crazy day. We have had a great day. Yeah. This has been... I don't even know. So many feelings, so many thoughts. Um, We've recorded this entire series of being biracial in one day um, with all of our Bachelor fam. Um, There are a few people that weren't able to make it um, onto the recordings today. Um, Clay Harbor, Koopa James, Katie Morton, and Sheehan Lewis. And definitely want to encourage listeners to check them out and see where they share their stories um, on their Instagrams. But um, really, really appreciative of everyone that was able to make this work and to come on and and be vulnerable and share. Um, Dustin, how has this been for you today? (laughs) This has been just like a... I think I've waited my whole life for this moment. I think we set a world record of talking to so many mixed people in one day. This has got to be against book of records for sure. I don't, it, it's got to be. But uh, for me, it was very therapeutic today and just hear similar stories mm-hmm. um, of what I've gone through and feelings that I felt and also like stories I haven't gone through, things I haven't gone through through people and feelings I haven't felt. It's just been, um, really good and it's like i don't know it's like a bond like i feel like now it's like mm-hmm. 
I don't want to say we have our own race, but we have our own group. And it just feels good mm-hmm. to kind of talk to people with the same mm-hmm. identity issues growing up. So, yeah, to have people like to actually have a sense of community almost. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of what, you know, the Mixed in America ladies were talking about that, like, we don't really have an actual community where like people who are monoracial, um, who are white or who are black, like they have that community of people to lean on and to have that mutual understanding. And for us, there really isn't a ton of that. Like, I feel like a lot of us don't really know others who are in similar positions as us. And I mean... I, it's kind of mind blowing because I think a lot of the people that we even had come on today or in this series hadn't really ever spoken to each other or known of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah. I am. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say more than half of the people we talked to today, I, I've never met and it's just been mm-hmm. good to hear someone I've never met or talked to their side of the story. And it's just, it was awesome. Thank you again for, getting this together like i said from before this was this has been very therapeutic yeah well good i'm glad yeah it's um i don't know it feels like i hope having more of these conversations in safe places like this uh definitely helps for us to be able to fully show up and not feel like we have to pick a side or that we have to even necessarily code switch, you know, that we can because that's a, you know, cool little privilege that we have, but that it's not something we have to do to make others feel comfortable. Um, For sure. So, I mean, there's still obviously so much learning to do, but yeah, this feels like way bigger than us. Like this feels way bigger than, than me right now to do all this and like to connect everyone in this way. And I... I don't know. It's going to take a minute to sit in, I think. (laughs) For sure. And the people watching that are like, you know, curious and want to have questions for someone that's mixed or whatnot. My thing would be like a lot of people said, um, well, actually, well, my thing would be get to know that person a little bit before you just Mm -hmm. jump into what's it like to be mixed or let's talk about your hair or this, like Mm -hmm. get to know that person first. Just don't jump in. And if Mm -hmm. it's your first date or a new friend, like that mm-hmm. person to person, just get to know them as a person. Yeah. And then, you know, once you guys have that bonding moment, let it all come out. Mm-hmm. Right? Those questions come out and they're going to be more receptive to that. And they're going to want to tell you more about themselves. Yeah. Besides just off the bat, it just seems kind of, you know, some people take offense to it. Mm-hmm. Some people don't, but it's just better to get to know, get to know that person first. Definitely. And I, I feel like, you know, race is such a a topic these days. It's one that oftentimes people of color don't have an option to not discuss. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, today we talked about these experiences and we talked about our racial identities and everything and hopefully in a healing, productive way. But that, you know, to every person that was on, like, they also have their whole own thing on their own. You know, Christian's a big gamer and Alexa has her, you know, her shop. And like everyone has their own very individual, unique personalities and and being biracial is a part of their experience, right? Like just as being a woman is part of my experience, um, being biracial is on top of that, right? Um, So yeah, it's like, I feel like there were definitely some themes throughout all of our conversations of like not judging a book by its cover, getting to know that person deeper. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It just, 
It was a lot, but like, I think it feels good. It like I'm lot. tired. We might, have to, we might have to do this again for sure. Like, Yeah, honestly, I got to get creative. I got to think of another project of how we all come together. <laughs> we should definitely do this. We should actually continue to do this with other mixed people around the world in the entertainment business, maybe yeah. actors, actresses, music. You said Keel and um, Peel? Maybe. Let's let's get Trevor Noah yeah. up in here. We'll get Halle Berry. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, this representation and actually developing a community of folks who are biracial and mixed and can relate to these. And like a lot, some of the things we talked about today were really uncomfortable and like talking about like internalized racism and whatnot. Yeah. And that's like, it's not necessarily a conversation that you might feel comfortable having with a white person or a black yeah. person, but having this safe space to discuss it and be honest about it, I think is so important. So, I mean, I think you're right. I feel like hopefully there's more to come on this. Yeah, I like it. So we talked a little bit about your stuff in the intro, but I mean, you're leaving us now as co-host and this was fantastic having you on. Um, Would love for you to share just like a little bit about where people can find you, um, how people can like get involved in the things that you're doing. Um, I super appreciate you being willing to like come on here as co-host and give a different perspective and help take the, take the reins when I'm emotional and crying. <laughs> For sure. It's a, no, it's been fun. Um, what, just tell people where to find me or yeah. about me or. Yeah. Sure. Just like so, whatever your Instagram is, your, um, your series. All yeah. Yeah. So, um, I live here in Chicago. My Instagram is Dustin B. Kendrick. Um, through there, you can see I have workouts. If you're in Chicago, I have a workout every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a new trainer at a different park in the area of Chicago. Um, we're trying to stop the segregation, mm-hmm. you know, stigma here in Chicago. So the people get to see different neighborhoods they wouldn't normally get to see. Plus, it's a new trainer and you're getting fit and it's mm-hmm. we're going to have goodies and snacks. So that's always fun. And I am also doing a, a cooking series around Chicago called Herd Chef. Mm-hmm. Um, where chefs teach me how to cook. And uh, we're shooting episodes now. They should probably be posted around like September, but stay tuned for that. Amazing. And uh, by volunteer. So if you're in Chicago, follow my page and uh, I volunteer at least once a week, maybe once every two weeks. We'd love to have mm-hmm. friends that uh, go along. And I'm sorry too, I've been talking weird all day. I just got my like Invisalign <laughs> things and I just, I feel like I'm talking well. Uh, and so if anyone's been thinking that today like what the hell get it out like talk that's the reason why but um other than that that's where you can find me um thank you again for having me as a co-host this has been great we should definitely uh do this again yeah definitely well thank you so much um i'll let you go now for the day thank you (laughs) (laughs) no problem thank you Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.